perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. Welcome to this 147th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. I am joined by co-host Amber Green, and it is great to be with you. Please do us a favor and share the show with everyone you know. Remind them we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. They can search for the full name, Perception is Reality, with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Or the easiest way is for them to simply go to Google and search for Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast will pop right up. Also, don't forget to check out the live video episodes that I release on Facebook seven days a week, live at either 8.35 p.m. or 9.35 p.m., depending on when I actually get live. I will try to do my best to let everybody know, but you'll follow all of that on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. All right, so it's been a trying last eight or nine days in America as we have had two very horrible mass shooting, active shooter type situations occurring in the last in the last week. On Tuesday, March 16th, 2021, a 21-year-old white male subject attempts to remove temptation from his life and drives to three separate Asian spas in Atlanta, Georgia, and kills eight women across those three spas. It's just a horrible tragedy. And then on Monday, the 22nd of March, 2021, a second 21-year-old Syrian-American male goes to a supermarket in Boulder, Colorado, And there, he unleashes a horrible amount of death and destruction, killing 10 individuals, 9 civilians, and 1 police officer before being taken into custody. His issues, we are being told by family, apparently stem from being paranoid, feeling like people are following him, that people are hacking his electronics. Neither one of these incidents, currently as they look from the information that authorities are getting seem to be politically related, related to terrorism as we know terrorism, or have anything to do with any specific politician, like they're not pro-Trump or anti-Trump, they're not pro-Biden or anti-Biden. Both of these young men apparently had issues in their lives they were dealing with, 
and for whatever reasons, they were not able to successfully mitigate these issues in their lives, and they decided to take these horrible paths to to cause so much death and destruction and hurt for so many people in America. Now, why are we talking about this? Because this is not a true crime podcast. This is not something where we dissect this. It's because of the political implications from these crimes. This isn't just a shooting and we then go on down the road. Oh, no. This is a shooting where members of the left are sitting back, wringing their hands, thinking, ha, 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 we now have them right where we want them. Gun control is almost assured now. We have members of the left who are just going to town on the fact that we need to do away with all guns, all assault weapons, and and all high-capacity magazines, because that is what caused all of these deaths. Not the individuals who were dealing with mental health issues or other known or unknown issues in their lives, but rather the guns that the individuals used, not realizing that if these people wanted to hurt someone and they wanted to do it badly enough, they would have done it with a baseball bat or a knife or a rope or a car or a spoon or a grapefruit if the need was there and they wanted to badly enough. That's what people don't understand. People who are hell-bent on creating chaos and destruction and death and wanting to hurt people will find a way to do it No matter how they have to do it, they will do it. And this, of course, has caused members of the political left, the Democrats, liberals, those that are currently in power, to think that they can push gun control, that this is the time that people will be reeling from this, and that they are currently in power. Hell, the President of the United States has considered using executive action to force gun control, and the conversation has went all political, even when it hasn't made sense. The left has attempted to shoehorn these tragedies to fit their overall mission and the overall agenda of gun control, gun confiscation or whatever the hell it is they're trying to do. So we're going to be talking about the gun control issues. We're going to be talking about the horrible shootings in both Boulder, Colorado and Atlanta, Georgia and a few other things. But first, we have to pay the bills around here or else the power will shut off and there will be no more podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 147th episode of Perception is Reality. She's Amber, I'm Chris and we'll be right back. Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal and title report, call for cost information, and conditions equal housing lender. Assist in all 50 states and a month consumer access.org number 3030. <laughs> 
All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, episode 147, Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey, and I am joined by co-host Amber Green. We are talking in this episode about the unfortunate mass shootings that have occurred over the last couple days, the last week, really, in America. The first one occurring on Tuesday, March 16th in Atlanta, Georgia, and the second one occurring on Monday, March 22nd in Boulder, Colorado. Both shootings were by individuals that are not related to any political groups, political affiliations. At least at this point, it feels or it looks or it seems to be that these individuals do not have any kind of political ideologies. They were not overly political uh, in one side or or one camp or over the other they were not committing these crimes because of some radical beliefs it seems like both of these individuals were dealing with some kind of mental health break they were dealing with some kind of issues in their lives and didn't deal with them in a proper way, uh, the shooting in Atlanta, Georgia, was an individual who was a religious fanatic and felt as though he was being tempted by various ladies that worked in spas. He, he, he was a sex addict. He had been treated for sexual addiction in the past, and he unfortunately drove to spas, and he ended the lives of eight individuals for a senseless reason, honestly. But it didn't have anything to do with Democrats or Republicans. It didn't have anything to do with race, even though that was thrown into the mix. And the situation in Boulder, Colorado, this was a 21-year-old Syrian-American male who was paranoid. His family describes him as somebody who felt like individuals were following him, that he was being hacked, that everybody was out to get him. He made Facebook posts in the last several months stating that he could live a normal life if people left him alone. His his family said that he was bullied a little bit in school and that he was overly paranoid, but again, there was no political agenda here. He wasn't trying to send a message. He wasn't trying to make a point. He was just mixed up, and he dealt with this in a way that he shouldn't have dealt with it like that, and that's all it was. But you have all of these people that are jumping to make this something that it it isn't something that it wasn't so that they can push an agenda of gun control. So before we get into this, I will state, as I've said multiple times, I am a massive supporter of the Second Amendment. I am very strict in my reading of the words of the Second Amendment, and I believe that they reign supreme, that there is nothing more that we should read into it. There's nothing more we should take away from it. I support the Second Amendment fully. I support individuals who want to hunt, individuals who have guns for sport, individuals who have guns for collection, and individuals who have guns 
guns for self-defense. I own guns myself, and I am pro-Second Amendment. Now, real quick, for the record, you yourself are also pro-Second Amendment, correct? Yes. Okay, and now there's a big push right now politically throughout the nation and in various states whether someone should have to get a license, whether or not the Second Amendment is their license. What do you believe as far as that goes? Do you believe that we should have to go through a licensing program through the state, or do you believe that the Second Amendment is your concealed carry permit? I'm kind of torn, honestly. Like, I see the benefit of both, and no matter in my opinion, no matter what you do, no matter how many licenses you, you know, require or fees that you need to be paid, that you need to pay to acquire these licenses or, you know, you know, mental health evaluations, whatever these things that you acquire, require, I still wholeheartedly believe that if someone wants a gun, they're going to get a gun. Sure. And if someone wants to do harm with that gun, they are going to get a gun. Right. Most likely illegally. Well, and I don't like the people that say, well, we don't necessarily have to ban guns, but you don't need an AR-15 or you don't need high capacity magazines. And I'm just like, well, that's so so stupid. I, I got in an argument with my grandfather earlier because he's somebody who believes that you can have all the handguns that you want, but there's no reason that anyone alive should have an AR-15 and there's no reason that these magazines should have 30 rounds. You can have a magazine with 10 rounds in it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if somebody wants to do damage and wants to do harm and wants to kill people, they're going to do it with three magazines that have 30 bullets in it or one magazine that has 30 bullets in it. They will find a way. I don't understand that argument. Like, one bullet is all it takes to kill someone. Right. Um, Can they fire off more rounds? If they have, you know, extended magazines or whatever, yes, obviously they can. But a, a bullet is a bullet. Yeah, right. Unless, I mean, unless we're talking about, you know, fucking BB gun. Like, you'll <laughs> your eye out. Um, right. a, a bullet is a bullet. And if someone wants to, if someone is so damaged in one way, shape, or form that they feel the need to go into a grocery store or a spa and kill someone extended magazines is not going to hinder or help them they're going to find a way to do it well sure would this not have been a big deal if he would have killed one person i mean is it not tragic if one killer kills one person it is i mean it doesn't make the news and it's not as tragic to multiple people but one death is tragic to that person's family one person killing one person with one gun and one bullet is a tragedy Uh, You know, I don't understand that argument. Moreover, take all the guns away. If these people have this kind of mental break going or they have this going on in their life, these stressors, and whatever happens that causes them to drive to want to harm people, if they don't have any guns, they're going to use a knife or they're going to use a rope or they're going to use a car or they're going to use a baseball bat. I mean, hell, Cain killed Abel with a rock. I don't even think it necessarily, like... Is that a, a situation that needs to be taken into consideration? Absolutely, because obviously those situations happen. 
but I don't think that's the main argument. The main argument for me goes back to the Constitution. Like, right. It is a you have a right to protect yourself. And my question will always ultimately go back to what is the government's motivation if they do not want their people to have access to protecting themselves. Absolutely. And, That's and I know good. so many people will say, well, when is it protection when it starts killing people? Well, it's protection when the good guy takes out the guy in the grocery store, which happens a hell of a lot more often than people want to admit. But those stories don't ever make the news because they don't fit the narrative. Right. And at the end of the day, like if I have a gun in my house or my family, you know, has guns in our house, if we're using them to protect ourselves, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're using them to protect our way of life, our country. Like, yeah. why Why is our government viewing that as a bad thing? Right. Well, you know, the Second Amendment was put in place by the Founding Fathers so that they through we, could protect ourselves from the government so we could keep the government from being tyrants, so that we could keep the government in check, and that we would be secure from any type of government going rogue. They were very concerned about that. Very concerned about that. And I'll tell you, there is a real famous quote that is attributed to Adolf Hitler, and I'll be honest, I don't know if Hitler said this or not. I know there have been many people that have pushed back saying, no, he never said this. He never really said anything like this. But I'll be honest, I don't care. I don't care if he said this or if someone in their mother's basement said this thinking they would be cute, putting it on the Adolf Hitler Wikipedia page. I'm not really caught up on who said this. What matters is the sentiment behind what they're saying here. And the quote is, to conquer a nation you must first disarm its citizens. And that's a really true statement, I believe. And I don't care, again, who said this, but I do believe that the Founding Fathers had this fear in mind, and that's why the Second Amendment is what it is. And so there's at least 50% of us here in the nation that are just kind of waiting to see what the other 50% tries to pull in the next couple coming days, weeks, and months as we are aware that the Democrats control the White House, they control the House of Representatives, and they are at least tied in the Senate. We are kind of leery because there have been some serious pushes here lately for some gun control and gun law grabs that people on the right are very concerned about. And these are things that we were concerned about back during the election in 2020. These are things that we were talking about after the November election while we were waiting for the new president to be sworn in. And while we were all being concerned, we were being told, no, you guys are being ridiculous. We're not coming for your guns. We're not coming for your guns. But yet has anybody said that in the last couple days or have they been saying we need gun control has biden said oh no i'm cool with everything or has biden said i'm thinking about using executive action to further 
gun laws and gun control. That's what's being said. We're now no longer being told that we are ridiculous for thinking that the left is trying to do something with our Second Amendment right. We're now being told we have to do something with gun control. And it's really interesting that there's a mass shooting on March 16th. There's a mass shooting on March 22nd. And then, lo and behold, on March 23rd, the Senate happened to be holding hearings on gun laws and gun control. Now, I understand that Senate hearing was set in place long before those shootings, but what do you think was the main topic of conversation in those hearings? Oh, it was a tragic situation, and we must push forward gun control laws. And, as I alluded to a second ago, it doesn't help that the president comes out after, and I don't remember which shooting it was. I don't know if it was the shooting in Georgia or the shooting in Colorado, but Biden came out and said, I don't have to wait any longer to hear any more evidence about what occurred at the shooting. I know that something has to be done. And like I said, he is even considering taking executive action as he's calling on Congress to pass weapons bans. I mean, the fact that the president of the United States says, oh, that's it, I don't need to hear any more facts. Well, he's never, I mean, he wouldn't know a fact if it hit him square in the face. <laughs> and since when has the left ever needed facts for anything? They run on absolutely zero facts and 100% emotion, which is why we're headed in the god-awful direction that we're headed in currently. Well, and here's a perfect example of the direction that we are headed. Here is a Forbes article from March 23rd, and it's titled, Biden Administration Urges Supreme Court to Let Cops Enter Homes and Seize Guns Without a Warrant. And basically, I'm going to skim this article here. The U.S. Supreme Court on Wednesday will hear oral arguments in a case that could have sweeping consequences for policing due process and mental health with the Biden administration and attorney generals from nine states urging the high court to uphold this warrantless gun confiscation. What would ultimately become a major Fourth Amendment case began with an elderly couple's spat over a coffee mug. In August of 2015, a 68-year-old man joked with his wife of 22 years that he didn't want to use a certain coffee mug after his brother-in-law had used it because he might catch a case of dishonesty. That quip quickly spiraled into an hour-long argument and growing exhausted from the bickering, the husband stormed into his bedroom, grabbed an unloaded handgun and put it on the kitchen table in front of his wife with a flair for the dramatic he then said why don't you just shoot me and get it me out of my misery perhaps unsurprisingly that tactic backfired and the two continued to argue the husband eventually went for a drive to cool off but when he returned their argument flared back up the wife then decided to leave the house and go stay the night in a motel the next day the wife phone home to no answer. She was worried. She called the police in their area and asked them to perform a welfare check on the husband and escort her home. When they arrived, they found the husband sitting on the back deck, and according to an incident report, he seemed normal. He was calm for the most part and even said that he would never commit suicide. However, none of the officers had asked the husband any questions about the factors relating to his risk of suicide, risk of 
violence or prior misuse of any type of firearm. The husband also had no criminal record and no history of violence or self-harm. In fact, one of the officers later admitted that he did not consult any specific psychological or psychiatric criteria or medical professionals for his decisions that day. Still, for some reason, police were convinced that the husband could hurt himself and insisted that he check himself into a hospital for psychiatric evaluation. After refusing and insisting that his mental health was none of their business, Edward only agreed after police falsely promised that they would not seize his weapons while he was gone. He then checked himself into the hospital and compounding on the dishonesty from the police, they then told the wife that the husband had consented to them confiscating his weapons. Believing that the seizure was approved by her husband, the wife led the officers to two handguns that the couple owned. The handguns were promptly seized, and even though the husband was immediately discharged from the hospital, police only returned the firearms after he filed a civil rights lawsuit against them. Now here's the deal. When the police seized the guns, they did not claim that it was an emergency or to prevent imminent danger. Instead, the officers argued their actions were a form of community caretaking, a narrow exemption under the Fourth Amendment's warrant requirement. Now, this is going to be heard by the Supreme Court, and what the argument is against this couple and against the Fourth Amendment, and what the Biden administration is holding is that there is a line in the Fourth Amendment that kind of argues against the unreasonable search and seizure aspect of the Fourth Amendment, and that's the opening line, which is the right of the people to be secure. They are arguing that that phrase there can sometimes allow for unreasonable searches and seizures or an exemption of those unreasonable searches and seizures if you're making sure that the the general public, the people at large, are are secure. That's what they're trying to bank on here. And I just don't believe that it cuts that way. We'll have to wait and see. This all sounds one. This doesn't sound normal. Like, first of all, <laughs> right. you're going to be hard pressed to find a cop that's going to continually argue that this guy needs to go for a mental evaluation. Right. If he's not showing any signs of needing to. Yeah. And then this this whole taking his guns like they're not i can say wholeheartedly that there are not any cops that i know that are just going to walk into somebody's house and take their guns with absolutely no reason yeah i mean this and they're really and they're strange. certainly not going to lie they're not going to lie like it, it it just it sounds like these are inexperienced officers or poorly trained, or yeah, both. I would really and, like to know, because this seems so strange. And then it sounds like they're backpedaling so super hard. They got slapped with a civil rights suit, and they're like, oh, that's not what we did at all. We did this. Blah. Like, no. Right. Just, no. Go do something else with your life. Like, yeah. Go guard a fucking LS Airs or something. <laughs> You're right. This does not sound like something that anybody I know would do. That is what, in my mind, makes it bad. 
because I don't know anybody that would do this. I don't know why this happened. It does seem very strange. It seems very peculiar. What worries me here then is why the Biden administration and why others out there are so gung-ho to fight this because this seems so strange. And, and so that's what worries me about it. While there might not be anybody currently that would do this, I don't know that there might not be people in the future that might not be trained as well as the people that we currently know. There might be people that have various agendas. And if this is some kind of law set forward by the high court now, then it gives new officers and maybe officers with other uh, nefarious goings-ons a a right to do something that they just normally wouldn't do and that's my worry about this i don't understand why the biden administration is meddling in this at all and it's just par for the course there's been so much craziness and it seems like there's been so much craziness in the last week and it really seems like there's been so much craziness in the last month and then i think jesus we've only been with this new president for three months, for less than three months right now, all right? And so there's been so much, and it just beats you down. And and I love this stuff, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I'm feeling tired and exhausted from it all. What does someone feel that is not me? What does someone feel that's just kind of looking in, you know, they just say to hell with it. This is too much. I don't care. And that's when bad things happen because people aren't paying attention. People don't care anymore. This is all beat everybody down so badly that they just say to hell with it. I do not care. And that is what makes it so bad. I almost feel like this is what the point is, to just wear us all down with so much chaos and craziness. At three months in, people just say, all right, I'm done with it. I really think that the media is playing a very, very dangerous game. I think they are purposely twisting headlines. Like, if you read that headline about the story that you just read without clicking on the article, which as we know, 99% of people will do right. That headline, that's like civil war type headlines. Right. Right. Biden administration urges Supreme court to let cops enter homes and seize guns without warrant. And even though I do not agree with Biden and his administration any way engaging their self in any part of this, that's not exactly what the story was about. That's not at all what the story is about. The story didn't match the headline. There are going to be people by the hundreds of thousands that read headlines like this. And by the way, this is coming from Forbes. This is not coming from, you know, Indianapolis Monthly or Reader's Digest or something like that. Like, this is coming from a big-name news source. And when you put a headline like that, like, that's just dangerous. It, it, it really is. And while I think that politics and the government and the White House and that creepy old man living in it right now are to blame for a lot of this, I also believe that the media is equally to blame. Sure. 
And I just have to wonder, like, when is enough going to be enough? And what is that going to look like? Oh, yeah, we all need to worry about that. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we need to take another real quick break. You're listening to the 147th episode of Perception is Reality. We'll be right back. Hey folks, are you looking for a new tattoo or a new body piercing? Well, then you're going to want to check out my friends at Abandon All Hope Tattoo and Body Piercing. They are located at 1716 North Wheeling Avenue, Suite 1 in Muncie, Indiana. You can call them on the phone at 765-896-8985 or visit them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Abandon All Hope tattoo check them out today and tell them perception is reality sent you hard at work, let me tell you, and we're talking about what this is all going to look like, what this brave new world that we're living in with the government and with the media is all going to look like when we all come out the other side. And I'm going to give you a little glimpse right now. Matter of fact, before we started recording this evening, I received a message of breaking news out of the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. They have ruled today that American citizens do not have the right. Listen, American citizens do not have the right to carry firearms either openly or concealed in public. Now, you tell me how that jives with the Second Amendment, and I'll give you a million billion dollars. You won't be able to, and I won't have to. The United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has ruled today that American citizens do not have the right to carry firearms either openly or concealed in public. That's right. You heard that right. Don't adjust your podcast hosting sites. That is correct. The court issued the ruling in the case of George Young Jr. versus Hawaii, a lawsuit challenging a Hawaii firearms licensing law, which states residents seeking licenses to open carry firearms in public must demonstrate the urgency or the need. Now, I don't even understand what that means. You mean to tell me I must demonstrate the urgency? Oh, please, someone's going to kill me. I need a firearm. Hurry, quick, quick, quick. 
or the need. Uh, excuse me, the Second Amendment does not say need anywhere in the text of that amendment. So I don't understand why this is something that is something all of a sudden. Matter of fact, in my opinion, it is nothing. This is ridiculous that someone must demonstrate the urgency or the need to carry a firearm. They must also be of good moral character and must be engaged in the protection of life or property. Well, and how how freaking subjective is that? Right. Come on. Right, like, right. Of good moral character right. are the people that are deciding if I'm of good moral, moral character of good moral character themselves because I'm going to go with no, they're not. Well, absolutely. And who are they to decide any of that? You know, I, I just don't even understand. Where is this decided at, first and foremost? Is it going to be decided at the national level where the people do not know anybody? Is it going to be decided at the state level where really they don't know anybody? Or is it decided at the local level where, yeah, they know you and so that might be a benefit, but it also might be a deterrent too. What if the lady or the man that you're going to get your license from up at the local municipality is the new boyfriend or girlfriend of your former partner. Are we supposed to think that they're going to treat you fairly? What if you've ran for sheriff in your community and you live in the county, so the place that you go to get your gun permit is the county, and you go up to the sheriff's department and you say, hey, I want a gun permit, and the sheriff that beat you says, hey, I remember you during the election. I remember you were campaigning real hard against me. It was a tough election. It cost me a lot of money, and I about didn't beat you. Well, hell no. You aren't of good moral character. Why would they ever put this in place? Apparently, these people have failed to read the text of the Second Amendment, which simply states, I, I know it might be hard for people, but the Second Amendment reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. I don't read anywhere in that text the words show the urgency and or the need or engage in the protection of life or property or be of good moral character, which, yeah, sure, we want people to be of good moral character, but that is an arbitrary decision. Moral character, that's not based in law. That is based in morals, and my morals might be different than your morals. Who gets to decide that? That's insane. Moreover, moreover, when you need a gun, if you need a gun to protect yourself, it is an urgent situation, okay? We all understand that. Obviously, if you're using a gun for self-protection, it is an urgent situation. Who is able in that time to say, hey, wait a minute, I don't have a gun permit, I can't carry my gun out in public, but I'm in public, I need to swing by Mr. Bad Guy, don't kill me yet, let me swing by my local city or county government and tell them that I'm in urgent danger and that I need a firearms license, let me mail this off, let it take six weeks, then you can come back and kill me and I might have a gun to be able to protect myself. This is nuts. This is hampering the Second Amendment, and this is all bullshit that has come in 
after the Biden administration took office, after the Democrats kept their position in the House and they picked up enough seats to tie in the Senate. And the fact that the Democrats control the White House and the Democrats control Congress, that is why we're seeing nonsense like this occur, because they feel emboldened to do this. How do they think that's not going to get overturned? Well, I think they feel pretty confident. I mean, the Democrats control the White House, the Democrats control Congress. The only thing they do not control is the Supreme Court, but even the Supreme Court, who knows what's going on there a lot of the times with John Roberts doing all the fuddy-duddy stuff that he's doing. I'm not really sure what the high court's going to do. They haven't heard a Second Amendment case in over 10 years. This would be the first one in that length of time, so I feel like they probably feel pretty confident. I'm hoping that this is overturned because right now this is just affecting the Ninth Circuit. But believe me when I say we all need to be paying attention to this because this could affect all of us and it needs to be overturned for them and a message needs to be sent. This is not something that can be allowed to happen there, here, or anywhere because this is insane. But I'll be honest, I think they probably feel pretty secure that it's going to be a battle to get it overturned. I don't know that it's just going to be. It should. It should be. And with Justice Amy Coney Barrett there, I I feel like she might be the only hope because she has heard gun cases in her other positions. I want to say that this is the district level, so then it would have to go to the Supreme Court to get it overturned, to get the Supreme Court to rule differently. And I hope that happens, but that's not guaranteed that it will. But who knows if that will actually happen. Now, for the record, this only affects the Ninth Circuit, which are the following states, Alaska, Hawaii, California, Arizona, Oregon, Washington, and Montana. And I know I have listeners in some of those states. So, you know, my, I don't know, my thoughts and my prayers are with you. This is going to be a battle that you guys have on your hand, but this is something that everyone in the country needs to pay attention to. This is very, very scary. Now, for the record, I do want to state that there were four judges that dissented from the majority decision in this case, and there were actually two different dissenting opinions given. One of those dissenting opinions stated the following, the majority's suggestion that the values of federalism somehow preclude the Second Amendment from guaranteeing an individual's right to carry arms for self-defense in the public square is fundamentally misguided. Hawaii's severe deprivation of the core right to carry a firearm in public can only be understood as an amounting to a total destruction of such a right. And I love those words, and I can only hope that this will be allowed to be heard in front of the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will do the right thing here. But this is very misguided and very dangerous. And the thing that scares me most of all about this is nobody seems to know that it's even going on. Matter of fact, I sent it to you and you said, is this real? This has now been a couple of hours and I have not heard anything about this. I've not heard about this in mainstream media. I've not seen any social media posts about this. I'm not 
not seeing commentators talking about it. Where is the outrage? I know there are people who are conservative that live in the Ninth Circuit. Not many, but I know they do exist. Where are people at? Or is it a case that they can't speak up about this or they will be removed from Facebook. They will be removed from YouTube. They will be removed from Twitter. What's going on? Why does nobody know anything about this? I didn't know about it. Right. Nobody appears to. And and here's what's ridiculous is just three months ago, we were being told, you guys need to calm down. Nobody's coming for your guns. Nobody's trying to silence you. Nobody Nobody's trying to censor your voices. No one wants to stop you from living the way that you want to live. Now what do we see is going on? People are censored. We've just basically rolled over and take it now. Nobody says anything about it. People get kicked off Facebook. People get kicked off their platforms. People who have radio shows that post on social media, they no longer can post on social media, so it kills their interaction with their listeners. People who have podcasts, the same things happen. Nobody even really says anything about it anymore. We've got big-time podcasters who say, well, we want to play nice, so we stopped posting what we want to post, and they get banned anyways? That's sick. What is going on? Now it's the guns. So don't tell me to be quiet. When I was saying back all last year during the election, I was afraid of this. Then the election goes a different way, and people were like, oh, we're afraid of this, and everyone was like, no, no, calm down, you guys are overreacting, and then things started happening, and we were like, wait a minute, this looks scary, and everybody said, you need to relax, and then the First Amendment, gone. The Second Amendment, they're working on it now, so don't tell me to freaking relax because I'm watching this happening right in front of my own eyes. Ugh, it just, I don't even, I don't know. There's so much un, that's unsure, and it just, it feels so uncharted, and and it all boils down to why. Why are we at this point? What has gotten us here? Why do we have such divisive leadership, such divisive media? Like, why is why is any of this necessary? Well, I saw someone today called it the erasing of America. And I know that might be a little dramatic, but it's what it feels like. It's the erasing of our way of life. It's the erasing of our values. It's the erasing of what it has meant to be an American. And I don't mean the racist nonsense. I don't mean that we need to hold women back and hold people of color back. I mean the whole idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all people, white people, people of color, men, women, gay, straight, everybody being able to participate in the American dream. And look, I understand we have some bad shit in our history. So does every other nation on the face of the planet. We also have a whole shit ton of great things in our history. I do not want to perpetuate the same racist, misogynistic bullshit that has been a part of our past, but I also don't want to erase all of the good, and I want to keep 
keep moving America forward so we can make up for those bad things and so we can continue living within our American way of life. Everybody, every man, woman, child, gay person, transgender, Mexican, Hispanic, uh, Chinese, Japanese, black, American Indian, uh, Middle Eastern Indian, anybody and everybody that I could possibly imagine, and the ones I've forgotten as well. All right, so getting back to what we were originally talking about in the beginning of this episode, the two mass shootings, the one that occurred on Tuesday, March 16th in Georgia, and the one that occurred on Monday, March 22nd in Colorado, I want to discuss these a little bit and then discuss what's coming because of this as it kind of relates back to the, the gun grab situation. So if... For those of you that don't know, the mass shooting that occurred in Georgia was a 21-year-old white male, he's an American, who apparently was a religious fanatic, and he also wrestled with the fact that he was a sinner, okay? Those of us that are believers understand that we all fall short of the glory of God. This guy apparently was some sort of religious fanatic, and he also had an addiction to sex. And he saw these women as temptations. And so, for whatever reason, he had some kind of break with reality. He didn't have good coping mechanisms. He didn't have someone to talk to. I don't know what the situation is. I'm hoping we will learn more. But he decided to load up some weapons, and he drove to three different Asian spas in which he unloaded his gun the gun was legally purchased. I understand that's bad for the cause because it means, oh no, people can legally buy guns and go off the deep end. Well, look, life is full of risk and calculated risk and an understanding that bad shit happens, but that doesn't mean life just stops because of it. Yes, it is a horrible tragedy that these eight victims lost their lives in something so, so senseless. But, uh, you know, you don't stop the rest of the world because of that. We have to figure a way around being able to live and understand bad shit happens and, and, and try to be as safe as possible and not allow the Democrats to go completely con- crazy because that's what they did. Okay. Immediately they went crazy saying all sorts of things. They were able to check off all sorts of political check marks with this because the number one first thing they said was, wait a minute, that you mean this shooter was taken into custody and he wasn't killed? Oh, it's because he was white. Had it been a person of color, they would have definitely killed him. And no, that's bullshit. Look, I'm not going to say that there haven't been some serious issues. I'm not going to say say that the police haven't made some serious missteps, and I'm not going to say that racism is not a thing. I am also not going to say that if a black man, a white man, or any other color of person or ethnicity or race or sex or whatever would do what they were told during the time that the police were encountering them and taking them into custody, 
that person's going to live, okay? And if the person is acting a fool, if it's whatever color, race, ethnicity, or whatever, there is a chance that they might get hurt. That's just what happens. So I don't know what the exact circumstances were around the uh, incident where the, this gentleman was arrested, okay? I do know that there was some kind of a pursuit. I know that the pursuit ended in a pit, and for whatever reason, they were able to affect this arrest without shooting him, and they took him into custody, and he was unharmed. I understood as soon as that happened that the people on the left were going to start saying, oh, ha, ha, look, it's because he's white. Had he been black, they would have shot him. And that's just furthest from the truth. Matter of fact, we should be happy that they took him into custody without incident because now we can get some understanding to, as to why this shit happened. I wish you could see how hard I'm rolling my eyes right now. I, I really know. Do. Because they didn't kill him because he didn't resist. Right. He didn't shoot a weapon in their general direction. He did not try and run over them with his or her vehicle. He did not try and knife them. He did not try and steal their weapon. Right, right. Look up all of these cases where these people got killed, and it is not because they willfully were placed under arrest without incident. Period. End of story. He, but those are facts, and we don't talk about facts. We only talk <laughs> about proof. He was not killed because he followed the commands of the officers who engaged him at some point. Period. Point. Blank. That's the end of it. All right. Now, the other political aspect of this is almost even worse is the fact that this was being called a hate crime before he was ever interviewed, before he was ever taken back to the station, and before he ever said word one or anything was ever announced from the investigating agencies. We were hearing from the Democrats and from those that are woke that this was a hate crime crime on Asians because this guy wanted to rid the world of Asians he was going off of a of a trope that has been played over and over and over for the last year because Donald Trump is orange man bad and orange man bad is a racist he was for four years he was before that and for the last year he was focusing on Asians because he was saying that America got the COVID virus because it was the Wuhan flu that Chinese people gave us this virus and the Chinese are bad and apparently they're telling the story about how crime is up on Asians and, and in Asian communities and this is all because that we are all racist and we're all following the orders and the commands of Donald Trump and Donald Trump hated China and Donald Trump hated Asians and this man hated Asians, and this was an Asian hate crime. Yes, like, I, I mean, we were seeing hashtag stop Asian hate yep. before I think even all the bodies were counted. Yeah, right, right. And this this had nothing to do with the fact that they were Asian. It had everything to do with the profession that they were in. Right. Which, I'm sorry, folks, was not just relaxation right. by massage. Uh, I could still say that it was, it falls under that. <laughs> uh, no, there was, yes, there was more right. than just massaging going on. <laughs> and and 
that's that's what gets me like and and people will say well it's it's because those types of massage parlors are primarily owned by asians okay yeah right then maybe they should stop running brothels out of their massage parlors how about that right right nobody is telling them to run illegitimate spas let me tell you this I'm a female, so I'm going to guess I've probably had more massages professionally in my life than you. Oh, yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say. Okay. I can tell you I've had massages by by male and female masseuses. I had one massage as an anniversary present once that was four masseuses at one time. And not once have I ever been asked for a happy ending. Wait a minute. Well, so were you you bummed? Well, I mean, maybe a little bit. Kind of right. <laughs> now we're talking. Let's go back and talk about this four-person. Isn't that called a? What's that called? Stop it right now. <laughs> My point is, it is very easy. I mean, we live in the middle of Indiana, right? Of all places. Yeah. I I would venture to guess that you can find a massage parlor in atlanta georgia of all freaking places sure you can probably find one in the atlanta airport that is on the up and up and above board and is not giving out happy endings sure just saying oh absolutely well let's be honest this wasn't like this kid went to go get a massage and get his feet waxed or whatever and then they were like oh by the way here's a blowjob i am certain that he sought these specific places out word of mouth or whatever he was treated for a sex addiction so he clearly had an issue and he went to these locations or other locations like them I'm sure in the past and had sex with the workers there because that's what he went there for it wasn't like he went for a massage and it just happened to be that he stumbled into one and he was like oh well hell since you're offering a blowjob I'll take it that's not what happened here he was seeking these people out because of something that he could not control not because these people were asian right right yeah they sure and i i want to make it abundantly clear i am not saying that just because you run a spa of this nature that you deserve to be killed by some deranged white man oh absolutely let's say these people were massage therapists that were giving out happy endings or let's take it a step further and just say no they were flat-out prostitutes they still did not deserve to die they did not deserve to be killed by this man or by anybody else no absolutely not i'm just trying to to point out that this was not a crime of Asian hate. This was a crime of self-hate. Ooh, that's a really good way to look at this. I've not really heard anybody else say this because he didn't say, I'm going to go kill those women because of what they do. I'll take it a step further and be a little graphic. He didn't even say, I'm going to go kill those sluts. He said, I'm going to kill the temptation. He wanted the temptation to not be there because he was trying to get his life on track. He was trying to get his actions to line up with his beliefs. Well, and that kind of brings up the other aspect of it because people were saying, well, he killed them because they were Asian, and this is an Asian hate crime. Hate crime, hate crime. That's a whole big buzzword in and of itself. Should we have hate crimes? 
If you kill John Doe and John Doe is white, is it murder? If you kill Robert Doe and Robert Doe is black, is it a hate crime? If you kill... Lee Kim and Lee Kim is Chinese and I'm, I apologize for the names I'm I that's probably racist in and of itself I'm sure there could be a Chinese person called Christopher Bilbury if you called killed Christopher Bilbury and Christopher Bilbury was a Chinese person is it a hate crime is it a crime to kill somebody yes it's murder murder's bad is it more bad if you kill someone who is black if you if there are two people in two different cities, and one person kills the first person, and another person kills the second person. Does one of those deaths matter differently? Do the families grieve differently? Does the justice system operate differently? Should it operate differently? Should somebody's murder matter more or less, depending on the race or nationality or ethnicity or sex that they are? I mean, we really need to to think about this. I, I don't believe so. I believe crime is crime, and I believe that crime can be based in hate. I've seen it many times as a police officer, okay? Not all crime is based in hate, but there is some crime that is happening because the person has hate in their heart, or the person is just so such a horrible person and they hate this or that but I, I just to kill somebody is a is a hateful act and it's hateful if you kill a white person a black person a, a gay person a handicapped person it's all the same at the end of the day the story is this a crime was committed it was absolutely horrible there are grieving family members I feel for everybody involved there's Tons of people hurting because of this action that occurred in Georgia. I don't believe that it was a hate crime. I don't believe that it had anything to do with Donald Trump or politics. I believe that it was one person who couldn't cope with things appropriately, who who was trying to figure out a way to make his actions jive with his beliefs, and he did it in a very, very wrong way. And he'll have to answer for that. Do I believe this was politically motivated? No. Do I believe this was hate motivated? No. Do I believe that this was some kind of political ordeal? Absolutely not. And we have people who rushed to make this more than it was. And shame on them for that. Shame on them for that. In the end, we have to realize that we live in the world and there are things that happen in this world that we just can't explain sometimes. There may be answers for this. Hopefully later on there are. Hopefully we get some answers. Sometimes you do get answers. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes things make sense. Sometimes they don't. For those that are believers, you have to hang on through your faith that there is a purpose for all of this. And even though we may not know it, there is a greater, higher power that does, and that's the only thing that I can say. But as far as making this something that it wasn't, shame on those people for doing that. I don't feel like there has to be some, you know, woke motive yeah. Yeah. to every crime. Well, now that takes us over to the 
the Boulder, Colorado mass shooting, which occurred just a couple days later on Monday, March 22nd, 2021. And that was the situation that was an active shooter inside of a supermarket. And unfortunately, 10 people lost their lives, one of those being a a police officer and then nine civilians, which that is just a horrible situation. But again, as reports of this were coming out and as the incident was still very much going on, you had those on the left, those of the woke media, those in the brave new world that we live in that like to perpetuate all of this bullshit calling this, again, something that it wasn't. At one point, it was clearly seen in news feeds and various video live streams that the police had taken a person into custody. It was a person who was only in, like, boxer shorts. They didn't have a shirt on. They didn't have pants on. They were handcuffed and appeared to be bleeding on one leg. And the person looked white to me. They looked white to everyone else, I believe. And you had people who are elected officials on the left saying, look, yet again, one more white guy that they took into custody without killing. Had this been a person of color, they would have killed him. Look at who this is. It's a white man. We bet this was pro-Trump. We bet this person hates Biden, all of this nonsense that they were screaming, not knowing any of the facts of the case, and lo and behold, it turns out to be a Syrian American, as someone who was born in Syria and is now living in America. I believe they're an American citizen, but this wasn't necessarily just a white man. It was like a light-skinned Syrian individual, and the person that was committing this crime was a 21-year-old that again had no ties to politics, that didn't have a point to prove, that didn't have a message to send to the world. His family is describing him as paranoid. His family is saying that he had some kind of break from reality, that while he was in high school, he would talk about his electronics being hacked. He would talk about people following him. He would post on social media that he could live a normal life if people would just leave him alone. Apparently, he suffered some bullying in high school, but his family say that he's just a paranoid person who doesn't appear to deal with reality very well. And this is the individual who who picked up a gun, apparently some kind of AR-15, and went to the supermarket and killed 10 people that day. It was a horrible situation. We can talk about the crime as it is. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to make it something that it wasn't and it doesn't have to fit some kind of narrative and I just I get so angry when that happens and we were hearing this from the media we were hearing this from people who supposed to be waiting and giving us the factual information not just what they hope it is not sitting back smiling during someone's worst day ever when this kind of death and destruction is occurring and thinking ha 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 
this fits everything we've ever wanted it to be. Now we can push forward our agenda. And let me tell you, there were people doing that, I guarantee it. There were people in the media doing that, and there were people in the United States government who happened to be on the left hand side of the aisle that were saying things about this situation that's just flat out bullshit. And now I'm not really sure if there's more to the story. Hopefully we will learn it. I'm sure in time we will learn it. We may or we may not. At least in the Georgia situation, we're hearing that the guns were purchased legally. We don't know if that's the case here or not. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. And, and I, I don't think it really matters. Now, it does to those on the left. If they were purchased illegally, the people on the left say, see, we need to stop all gun sales because bad guys are purchasing it illegally. If they were purchased legally and then this happened, the people on the left say, see, we need to stop all gun sales because this can happen in just in the blink of an eye. Someone can purchase a gun legally and this can still happen. We must push for gun laws. And what those idiots don't keep in mind is what that does is stop the man in Texas from buying the gun who was able to stop the mass shooting down in the church that happened back in De November, December of 2019 when the person went into the church with a, a, a an AR-15 and the old man had a gun and was able to take one shot, take the bad guy out, and save a whole lot of lives. You... You never hear about those stories very frequently. They happen all the time, but like you said earlier, they don't fit the narrative, so we don't hear about it. Yeah. I <clears throat> I just I I want to like part of me wants to bring up the you've said multiple times he just wasn't right in the head. He had something wrong. So part of me wants to bring up the mental health argument, but I don't want to use that as a crutch either. And that's where I think we get a little muddy. Right. I I think we should take some of this focus that's on gun control and put it on mental health, but not all of it. But I don't mean that we should leave any of it on gun control either. Like, right, right. I, I definitely believe that mental health is something that is just grossly overlooked in this country. But... Um, I don't expect that to change given the, you know, stability or lack thereof currently residing in the White House. <laughs> right. And I don't like so many people will probably hear this and be like, oh, my God, she's making fun of mental health. No, I'm absolutely not. And I don't I don't really believe that with our current leader that it's necessarily, you know, mental health in the same form that it is. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, with with this this crazy shooter or with someone who's clinically depressed. I think he's just old and right. and not not well in many ways shapes and forms. And and some of these cases this is where this is where I think I I will lose people with the mental health argument. I do think that there are some times and some cases where you could have the best therapy in the world. You could have the best treatment you could have the best medications because there's there's nothing wrong with taking medications for mental health sure and there are there are still going to be some cases that are just too far gone 
Absolutely. And when we're talking about mental health, we have to understand that it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. What's going on with your mental health, what's going on with your depression, might not look what's going on with my mental health or my depression or my anxiety or your anxiety or or our anxiety might be similar, but it might be different than than Jimmy's down the street. We have to understand that what goes on with mental health, specifically when dealing with what we're talking about here, it cannot be a one-size-fits-all. And I honestly don't believe anything dealing with the gun control laws, specifically in this type of situation, in this type of scenario where we're looking at mental health and people's capacity to have guns or guns should be confiscated or whatever, it needs to be a very, very uh, scaled down version and everything needs to be in and of itself contained and everything needs to be based on the facts of each and every individual case, not a, well, this fits for this guy here in Georgia, so it's what's going to fit for this person in New York, and this is going to fit for what goes on in California. It cannot be a one-size-fits-all policy. That's just, that is a loser policy, and that's ignorant that people even think that way. Well, Amber, is there anything else that you have? I'd like to see this Ninth Circuit story gain a little bit more traction but i'm concerned that it won't around here because it doesn't affect us and you know people don't care about Ugh. things that don't affect them i'm interested to see if it gains any traction you know on a more national level and i'm ultimately i'm interested to see what happens like yeah i i, I still as someone who i mean i've 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 read the constitution i don't know it you know back to front i could not quote all of it to you, but I feel like I had a, a pretty good idea of what it says and how it was intended. And I just, I can't, I can't understand, like, were these, were these people on this circuit court high when they said that the second amendment does not provide the right to carry a weapon? Uh, like, yeah. I, I, at this point, I want to be like, excuse me, can you let me know what legal drugs you were doing at the time of this ruling? Because I want some. No shit. There's absolutely nothing in their nonsense that fits with what the Second Amendment is. And I don't know how they can say that it does, but they are definitely high, as you said. That's what's kind of funny to me. The people that I've noticed that support this kind of stuff, this stuff that is so incredibly subjective and can be, you know, different literally from person to person to person 5,000 different times are the same people that want everyone to see that everything is subjective and we yeah. should not have blanketed statements. And it's different for everyone. So you can't have just one law and expect that to work for everyone. Then why is this okay? want to take up for the disenfranchised and the you know oppressed and are, are those reasons enough to have weapons because i kind of feel like they are sure sure like if i if i legitimately feel oppressed and like i am not being seen or heard or valued and my life does not matter 
I feel like I'm going to want a weapon to defend that should I need to. <laughs> right. Well, and you better absolutely be able to show the urgency and that need. Uh, hey, listen, one more thing to say here about the ruling. The majority who ruled in this way for the Ninth Circuit said that the Second Amendment applies to the defense of hearth and home and that the power of the government to regulate carrying arms in the public square does not infringe in any way on the right of an individual to defend his home or business. So, I can walk around my business with a gun on my hip, and I can do the same at my home, but in order to get from one place to the other, I have to unholster my weapon, I have to empty it. Does that mean I have to transport that weapon separate from the rounds? Do I have to put this all in the trunk? What goes on here? What no, no, to... no, no. If you can have it in your business, you just need a food truck, Bilbrey. Duh. <laughs> what, what if the food truck is also an RV and it is my home? Then you are covered all the time, except if you actually go inside anywhere. Well, other that's than the that thing. What RV? happens if I need to stop by the grocery store on the way to getting a massage? I definitely you, want a gun. You better hope that you own that grocery store and that <laughs> and massage, massage parlor. parlor. And I drive to it in an RV that I also sell food out of. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to rethink some business licenses here. <laughs> yeah, right. I think you went the wrong way there. By God, don't have a gun in whatever business that is. Fortunately, this doesn't affect us here in Indiana yet, but I think that this is something that we do need to pay attention to. And and if for anyone, for any fool out there that says we don't need to worry about this because this is the Ninth Circuit, do not fool yourself because... It is coming this way, and they're chipping away, and I would say not even little by little. It's it's big, big chunks, and it's it's happening pretty, pretty damn quickly. All right, well, that should just about do her, but look, before we go, I want to give you guys all a very special message, and that message is one of thanks. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for sharing the show. Listen, the last six to eight episodes have had killer numbers, and I want to thank each and every one of you. I also want to thank Amber. I do believe that it is in part because Amber has joined the crew here, and I am so thankful for that. I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for what she adds to the show. I hope that you guys love what she adds. I think that you do. I can tell that you do because the numbers have really jumped up. It's fantastic. And I want to take a second to say this. Listen, the numbers have always been good. I've been amazed at the numbers I've received and the big jumps that I get along the way. It's fantastic. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Whether you've been here from the start, thank you, or you stumbled in along the way, I think it's all fantastic. Continue sharing the show with everyone you know. Remind them we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is look for Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, or the easiest way is to simply Google Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. It helps tremendously. I know you guys are doing it. Continue doing it. Thank you very much. And again, a big thank you to Amber for everything you contribute. Thank you very much. Do you want to tell them where they can find you? I can be found on Facebook at Amber Green, Green with an E at the end, and on a VIP page at A Touch of Green, still with 
the E at the end. Wait a minute. Is that an OnlyFans page? Oh, stop. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Bilbrey, you're letting your dreams come out on air. I just wanted to make sure you said VIP. I didn't know what the hell that was. No, it's a... Oh, Jesus. We're, oh. This is enough, folks. <laughs> all right. Well, we will see you all again next time. You've Very been good. listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember... Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.